Hi, my name is Christine. And I'm Josephine. And, and we're, we're your, your hosts for, for the Bitonal Podcast. Ding! That's a good ding. I like that ding. Yeah, that was take number two. <laughs> the first ding wasn't uh, up to Josephine's standards. No, it was not. You could do better, Christine. I know you at your best. Ding! Ding! <laughs> <laughs> No, it's too strange no, for the voice. You're just going to scare all, all our listeners and away. Pretty much. Everyone's like, oh, that's the end of this. Click off. Click Anywho, off. how are you, Josephine? I am good. How are you? I'm okay. That was my phone. I'm sorry. Is it Friday yet? No. It's only Thursday. It's only Thursday. Mm. I'm kind of glad. Yeah? Because I feel like, because my course selections due next Monday, and I haven't done anything. So, <sighs> deadline day, but it's far. That's a Sunday night kind of activity. It's a Sunday night, you know? I'm so stressed okay. about You're it. You're not undergrad anymore. Get your shit together. I know. Get your shit together. You're going to need it for your master's. Procrastination is still real. I know. And that is one of the debate questions for today. Oh, yes, it is. What a great segue. It is. But first, yes. wait, I have an announcement to make. Yes, Josephine. When this episode goes up, it will be the 16th of July, which means it is officially Christine's birthday. So please... <laughs> No, please wish her a happy birthday on any of our social media. It'll make her very happy. Or remind me of my pending death. <laughs> okay, it'll make me happier more than it'll make her okay, happy. I guess you can be happy on my happy birthday. Yeah. Christ. I'll be- okay. <laughs> are you living for me or you? I'm for the both of us, for clearly. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> can we get an amen to that? <laughs> Oh, pessimism, pessimism, mm-hmm. cynicism. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, I'm toning it down. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We still love you for who uh, you are. For who I is. Okay, um, today's segment is going to be a little bit uh, different. Uh, instead of picking a specific topic or a group of topics, we want to do um, or try something called uh, gentle debates, we're calling it. Mm-hmm. I like gentle that. Gentle debates, heavy questions. We're not too sure what we're going to call it. Mm-hmm. Do you like the idea of calling it gentle debates? De- yeah, because I feel like debates have, has really bad connotation. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like I say that in every episode has bad connotation yeah but um i like gentle debates it's just yeah like friendly debates but that's like too you know gentle sounds it's too passive aggressive like friendly debates yeah and um regards with regards to just um i i I think it's gonna get heated yeah i think so too it probably will get heated so we're ready to break our friendship right here right this is why i said the happy birthday before there you go Anyway, do you wanna do you wanna pick the first one or no? It's your birthday, so you should. Oh, you. I will as okay. my early birthday gift. Yes. Oh pick wow. The first one. Thank you. So considerate. Yeah. Um. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you, Josephine. You're welcome. Okay. Um, we shall celebrate later. Mm-hmm. Um. So first question. Hmm. Uh huh. So. This one's kind of a good one here. So is peer pressure harmful or beneficial to individuals? That was the one that I wanted to pick first. There you go. So we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. I think harmful. Really? Straight up harmful. Okay. Do you, do you want to make? Okay, do you I, I want guess, to take your stance first? Yeah, all right. Or so, how does the debate work? You make your statement. I make my statement. Then you use your support. You talk about your supporting evidence. Then well, I talk about it. How does do? How do I feel like work? debates. You're given a side. 
And then um, you just like argument, 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 mm-hmm. and then okay. So well, you can pick a side, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal experience. Again, uh, another thing about today's episode, mm-hmm. it's all about personal experiences. Yeah. Um, neither of us are that qualified to talk about anything, but like um, this is just based on what what my what have I've experienced living through the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good. So, that's a good disclaimer. Everything yeah. is. All, all our print, all, all our opinions. Yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah, there are opinions. Yeah. We're not telling you to pick a side or anything. Yeah. We're just yeah. gently debating both perspectives. Yeah. If we both have opposing perspectives, because yeah. I feel like some of these questions will be on the same page about. Yeah, things. and I'm going in it with an open mind. Yeah. So if you need to educate me about anything, Josephine as and or the listeners, then I'm yeah. okay with that too. That goes for me so as well. So my personal experience with peer pressure, I think it is beneficial. <gasps> Here we are. Here we go. The first tension. Okay. Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about your stance? Because I'm a true believer that everyone knows what's best for themselves, I think any kind of outside or, yeah, outside influence Mm -hmm. is not that great. And I, I understand there's, like, some situations that is beyond the control of, like, yourself that would influence your decision. But when it comes to it, everyone knows themselves best. Everyone knows what to do. It's psychology. It's innate. Okay. Thank God for Dr. Day for teaching me that. Dr. Day. The uh, movie, like that third year learning his like, what was it? Personality probably. Yes. And how he's like, you know what's best for yourself. Like he was just preaching and we're like, really? yes. He, he's, he is preaching a self-advocate. Yes. But like in a science perspective because okay. it was science-based. Yeah. So okay. that's kind of my so that's your stance. first outline of it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to push my point and then we can push back. Yeah. So um, I agree with your statement saying that most people do know what they need for themselves. They need to know what they need to do um, at, at kind of a fork in the road where they need to pick A or B to participate, not participate, to leave or stay. A lot of times you know, you're, you have that gut feeling of whether a situation is bad or good and whether you should stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes in order to kind of push yourself outside the boundary of comfort, and even at a young age, I think in my teenage years, it's very, it was very hard for me to kind of take action sometimes without the encouragement slash forceful peer pressure from my friends. Mm-hmm. And in those situations where my friends pushed me or an external source pushed me, I ended up doing something I didn't regret. Okay. And um, I grew from it. Best example being like um, in, in high school, like, this talent show shit that I was doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was peer pressure. My gut told me it was a horrible idea. I was going to bomb it. Uh, I was really anxious. Like, and I, I, you know, I, I thought I couldn't do it. But due to the, I guess in this case, it's positive peer pressure of yeah. my friends that I actually said, fuck it. I'm just going to do what they say and just trusted them. And they did it. Yeah. And it, it kind of not jump-started my love for music, but it just I, I discovered the fact that, you know, I don't suck too bad because nobody booed me <laughs> off stage. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and of course, there's been situations where uh, peer pressure led me to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But that, and, well, you know, wrong thing as in, like, I probably drank way too much <laughs> than I needed to. Um, but um, I learned from that mistake still. 
Okay. And I learned from that mistake being like, okay, next time I should trust trust my gut and trust my liver and trust, you know, how I feel. Okay. In order, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so f- to summarize my point, sometimes you need that external push and the people around you who know that you can do something to push you to do so. That makes perfect sense. Um, I think personally, it was just my, again, my experiences, maybe trusting the wrong people, Mm -hmm. believing the wrong people. And I don't want to bring this up again, but birth order as the youngest, I was always told what to do, blah, blah, blah. And that is kind of a, a, um, uh, I don't want to call it, it's not a symptom, a thing of peer pressure. Manifestation branch of like peer pressure type of yeah yeah so like everyone thinking they knew what was best for me Mm -hmm. everyone just telling me to do certain things like this and that and this and that so maybe that's why I always saw it as a bad thing because I'm like when can I listen to myself when can I do things that I want to do so that's why I always thought and because some of the things they've told me to do was more harmful to me my mental health my like growth as a person than it was beneficial to me. Okay. So that was like kind of my experiences. There was another point I was going to make, but I forgot. It's okay. So if you want to add on to anything to that. Yeah. So uh, I guess that comes back like to summer uh, to kind of the difference between you and I. Yeah. Is that I didn't have siblings growing up. Yeah. And generally, I didn't really have a lot of people who told me what to do because I had to figure out what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, with your type of peer pressure, it's kind of like um, someone was kind of dictating. Yeah. So it was more like expectations, expectations and not peer pressure. Expectations and not peer pressure. Um, and I guess like your sisters and your parents and whoever you had in your life, they, they want the best for you. I think the intention was still good. Yeah. Yeah. And like my friends, the intentions were still good. Um, but... The difference, I think, is I kind of grew up a little more individualistic mm-hmm. to begin with. So I think my gut feeling was naturally maybe a little bit stronger than yours. Mm-hmm. Or my sense of self was probably a little bit more. I'm not shitting on you. I'm yeah. just like, just the fact that yeah, I just grew like up the alone. Of, yeah, we grew and up differently. I, yeah. So whereas for you, you might have been more malleable or mm-hmm. more... Um, willing to accept people's um, opinions and peer pressure, whatever you want to call it, because you were used to being told what being to do. told what to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, I agree with you. Like sometimes, even family, they don't they don't really really know what's best for you. Yeah, but I do agree. Um, once you have that trust, once you actually have that sense of self, because mm-hmm. now I'm starting to learn that. Yeah. I can hear people's opinion. People's yeah. like peer pressure of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you should do this, you should do that. And kind of like, instead of thinking, yeah, yeah, for sure, I'll do whatever you say. Mm -hmm. It's more like, oh, does that align with what I want, what I value? And if it does, then yeah, sure. And take other grain of salt. Exactly. And it becomes a positive experience, like you said. Yeah. Or you can filter out the negative part of the, the, the bad, the bad recommendations, the bad uh, peer pressure or influence. Exactly. Yeah. Because... And a good example of that mm-hmm. is the 5K that I was right. telling you about. Right. Um, no one really peer pressured me, but it was just coming up more and more often now that yep. I was telling people, oh, I'm starting to run more. I like mm-hmm. really want to do this as like a hobby, things like that. And it just like dawned on me like, yeah, maybe I will do a 5K. And that's been garnering, garnering a lot of 
opinions and reactions from Mm -hmm. different people. And I just Mm -hmm. have to filter out what I don't deem effective Mm -hmm. or good for good for me not even effective like what's not true exactly like let's say you have bob <laughs> let's bob. pick on mr bob yeah uh, shout, shout out to episode five or something that was we talked about yeah, bob bob fucking bob um yeah like with bob i guess like if bob was telling you like yeah you can't do it like you don't have the calves for it yeah. you don't have the ankles for yeah. it um that's just negative feedback that you don't need nope and evidence just points to the fact that yes you can do it exactly. it's like there's i have no doubt that you can or you know do a 5k if you wanted to mm-hmm. depends on the pace depends on if, if you're picky about finishing a certain time that's yeah. a bit more of a challenge yeah. but i think anybody can do a, a quick 5k yeah with a little bit of training and a little bit of motivation for sure um i, I endorse your 5k okay i'll sponsor it i'll cheer from the <laughs> sidelines you. and i'll bring you a banana or something yes to reload your carbs Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we generally agree on yeah. that, I guess. Peer pressure, yeah. good and bad. Good and bad. Good I if guess it's to, the right people. Yes, to conclude, know your sense of values and morals. I think that's, like, for me, mm-hmm. that was the most important, knowing mm-hmm. who I was, what I wanted, and and then be, or and then allowing yourself to take in the opinions and maybe the pressure of other people's opinions mm-hmm. and see if it aligns with what you want and not just... Do it because they told you to, because you respect them and you think you should be doing what they told you to do. Yeah. And uh, just a final point. Like, I think the reason why teenagers and younger kids, they're more susceptible to peer pressures because, again, they haven't developed that sense of self, their standards, uh, what, you know. Uh, what things they're willing to be flexible on, what they're not willing to be flexible yeah. on, and what, what in their, I guess, like the compass of what's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. They haven't developed that yet. That's why they're so susceptible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my advice for that is like, just you got to learn from your mistakes, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, you need to encounter really bad friends in your life to appreciate good friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you're a teenager and listening to this, just don't do drugs and just like, you know, um, stay in school, I guess. Eat your vegetables. Okay. It's it's also because they probably want a sense of belonging, right? Yeah. So, they, like, um, I guess this your advice could be changed to something more like don't change yourself to feel like you have to, to mm-hmm. feel like you can belong in a certain group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because. Like, don't force yourself. Yeah. And um, that's what I believed in high school, too, that yeah. I had to fit in. But the reality is there's so many fish in the sea. Oh, yeah. And there's so many people in the world as as unique weird odd eccentric as you are there are equally as eccentric weird blah 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 people in the world and it's not about quantity it's about quality 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 Quality. there you go that's a very good point to end on yeah uh joseph next question what do you want to talk about question i think this can be a little related to it and that's if should media be censored? Mm. Media, we're talking about social media, I assume, or just media in general, paper and Me- newspapers? Yeah, media in general, mm. news, entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I make my statement. Yes. Okay. Um, I think, I think, um, like, let's just, like, put aside the fact that, like, if there's nudity, pornography, and stuff, I think that's a given that ne- that needs to be censored sure especially if it's like an audience of kids like we're not gonna sh- show some kind of porn 
yeah. on YouTube when there's kids on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other sources for that entertainment. Yeah. Um, but I believe that the media does need to be censored okay. to a certain degree, depending on the topic. I see. How about you? I'm pretty much on the opposite side. Okay. Um, so, or like media should not be censored. Yes. Mostly because I've just been doing a lot of reading or hearing a lot of stories about governments where they do yeah. um, censor the media and how that's affected the people. Okay. And I think it's... Sorry. It's okay. My tea. No. I'm so sorry. No, I'll, no. I'll, I'll drink away from the mic. That's okay. It's a lot more uh, detrimental, I, I would say, to the people yeah. than it is beneficial. So my take is that we are becoming a globe of information where you can access things in that, like, everywhere. And people are becoming more connected Mm -hmm. through the internet. And you're, you know, you can literally contact someone from across the world with a push of a button on Facebook or Twitter. And if this person you're connecting to on social media does not know the full story of, like, their country their heritage their culture whatever Mm -hmm. it's I feel like they're missing out and I don't say I don't want to sound because I've never experienced you know censorship um, censorship to that extent but I would feel so lied to and I know they grew up this way so they probably don't feel it or like they won't wouldn't realize it they would fight back against what anyone is saying about their country Mm -hmm. their culture whatever whatever Mm -hmm. To an extent where they, that's just like what they believe. But I, I just think that's not right because I feel like every human being has the right to know. Yeah. Has the right to access information. I agree. And on whatever they want to, to a certain extent, if it's not illegal. Okay. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah. So I guess acts, you, you believe in the right to the access of information mm-hmm. and equal, and like, because equal rights to all of that across everybody. Sure. Um, I'd agree with that yep. statement as well. I like, highly ditto that. Um, the reason why I kind of stand by what I said, I guess you kind of brought it to like, a bigger spectrum or bigger boundary there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was immediately thinking is like, um, in the world of too much information and mass media, um, it just might cause too much panic if there's something mm-hmm. bad. Um, okay. You know, I guess... With like healthcare in general, I speak from this standpoint. I, for example, if there is some kind of outbreak, yeah, a lot of times I, I'm not too sure. I think people who work in public health and like um, you know government has a better explanation for this. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes, kind of, the more information you give out, the more likely someone's going to misinterpret it. And pass along fake news. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when you when you state just one fact versus state a paragraph, people can nitpick the paragraph more they can than just one statement mm-hmm. of a fact. Um, um, if for example, it's like, oh, there's an outbreak of Ebola right here down the road, and that's all the information you get. Um, most of the times, there'll be panic. It's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, there's Ebola down the road um, from where I don't know, but you know what I mean. Um, but if you say like 
uh, that and like the, the date, uh, you know, signs and symptoms and stuff. It's like then people might be like, oh, my God, I think I have that. Right. Oh, I, I was at that park at that time. Oh, shit, I'm freaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that and because we have too many people in the world, mm-hmm. kind of managing that kind of panic is probably a little bit more beneficial than it is like bad. Like you're not being dishonest, yeah. but you're being a little bit more, uh, you're sheltering people a little bit. And like, you know, Ebola is just one example, but what if there's some kind of terrorist attack happening? Mm-hmm. Do you want people to be freaking out and fleeing the city for potentially no reason? If there's, n- no, there's no terrorists or it's, things are already managed pretty well, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And censorship from, I guess, from a political standpoint. I don't know anything about politics, Mm -hmm. but let's say there is somebody out there who's saying, yeah, Nazis are really good people, and I'm going to form a band of Nazi people to kind of uh, take down a specific type of people or whatever, or do a bad thing. Um, I understand that they have their right to believe in what they believe and speak up on what they believe. I guess communism or something. Um, So I I get that. But I don't know. I think like not their tweets shouldn't be at the forefront of Twitter or like Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't be the first thing people see that it shouldn't be like what kids need to see and like what um, the people who are being attacked need to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, if that's the case, like I don't want to completely mute the people who have different views than you and I do Mm -hmm. or like views are quote unquote bad, but I think there needs to be a little bit of a toned down mute like a kind of like a filter yeah if that makes sense and the determination of what to filter and to what degree you need to filter these people i don't really know but like i think do you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and i totally agree yeah i think um for me it wasn't yes i do agree like social media should be censored from all that stuff because it's social media like you might want the kids are on it, yeah. basically. I was thinking more um, like actual news. Okay. News like broadcasters, things like that. Okay. Um, like we need an unbiased, yes. factual perspective. Oh, yeah. And that's the case. So yeah. that was kind I of agree. like my take okay. on it. Yeah. But I I do agree with the yeah. social media filtering. Mm-hmm. I do agree. Um, not, n- no, not everyone has to know everything. Mm-hmm especially if it's, it's more sensitive. Yeah. So I do agree on that, yeah. for sure. Um, and with what you're talking about, you're talking about fake news, essentially, yeah. right? Fake news. And um, again, under, we, we can get into like a, a rabbit hole of how like, you know, certain news outlets are biased mm-hmm. towards certain political parties and like stances on, you know, the, the environment, whatever, let's say. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, if that's the case... I'm not. Sh- I'm not too sure if that's that's the same thing as. I don't really know what the definition of censorship is. Is, is yeah. that a form of censorship if you choose one side and not to deliver the other side as Definitely, your bias? Definitely right. Because I think mm. um, both perspectives need to be shared, yeah. and then the people can make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it mm-hmm. per se, and that's why I say no to censorship. Okay. I I, I think I took censorship too literally. 
But no, I do agree with your points also about um, like the healthcare. If there was an outbreak, there needs to be a procedure, a sense of organization yes. that would not cause panic. So I do yeah. definitely do agree with that as well. Mm. Um, but my thing would be, um, do I trust the people that is doing all that? And I, I know I sound like an anti-government, whatever, whatever. I'm not really. I just yeah. I just hope that there is a good system. There is good people who work there who knows how to effectively organize this chaos and any outbreak, things like that. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This was this was a good interesting topic because I think we yeah. both interpreted it differently. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah, and like well, I, I, I that's that's why I, I don't want to get into the rabbit hole of fake news because yeah. like I am really against that. Right. Um not really not really like I'm not against it and I'm blaming like let's say Fox News or mm-hmm. C B twenty four, but I'm just saying like they're it's gotten to the point where they're too biased towards one side yeah. and yeah. it's like blatantly obvious and people are calling them out but they're not I guess not doing too much about it. Nope. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, next topic. Next topic. <laughs> um, video games. Ooh. Waste of time. Beneficial. Productive. Go ahead. I think they are... I was going to do drum roll. Mm. I was also trying to... <laughs> Make the sentences. Can I drum roll for you? Yes, you can. I think they're beneficial slash productive. Which I know is not your take on it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yes, Proceed. okay. Go, no, go make your okay. statement first. I don't I think it's a waste of time. Um uh, no. Um I think there's better use of okay. someone's time. I don't want to say it's a waste of time, but I think there's um, if you were to choose something else to do, I believe there are certain things that might benefit you more and is more productive. Okay. Do you want me to continue from here? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, I speak from an ex-gamer perspective. Uh, I discovered RuneScape, MapleStory, Gunbound... Uh, World of Warcraft was and like League of Legends was like later on, but like I got into video games pretty early on. Like PlayStation was huge. I would I want to say between the ages of like <laughs> six to twelve were like me inside gaming in front of a screen, and like between six and twelve, pivotal years in terms yeah. of development as a child. Mm-hmm. Not just from like a physical standpoint. Not that I was completely sedentary. Like that's mm-hmm. a thing. Like. Um, I was pretty active, but a lot of my time was spent um, behind a screen, whatever screen it is. Um, and I don't know. I I developed great skills. I typed pretty fast for my age. Um, I learned how to, I guess, multitask pretty well. Or, mm-hmm. And I yeah, it was also a social aspect to gaming that... Um, I, I, I did have, like, I had, like, online friends. I, I played with my cousins, and we'd, like, meet up online to play this game at a certain time every Saturday. It was very nice. Yeah. And, we, and we weren't playing together physically. We played uh, MapleStory, let's say. Okay. Uh, MapleStory taught me a sense of just hoarding. I hoarded, I hoarded <laughs> a lot of just, you know, uh, items and, yeah. like, stuff. 
And um, I was I was very, I, you know, it, it taught me goals in a way because I, sure. you know, you, I want to level up to fucking whatever assassin shit. Yeah. Um, um, but once I take like and then and like when I say hours, I mean hours. Like I I spent like minimum six hours a day playing probably after school. Um, I did not do my homework during those very solid six years between six and twelve, and that's why that was my delinquent years. I think when it comes to school, schoolness. Yeah. Um, and I look back and it's like my account got deleted or cause I deleted it and all the effort that I ha- put in it is gone. And like this online persona that I worked on so hard to build, it's gone. And I take away the soft skills from it, obviously. Yeah. But, um, ha- would I have gone back and told my parents to put me in basketball or put me in a sport or let me go outside more and sign me up for a knitting club at that age, yeah, I would probably advocate for that. Okay. And my little cousins right now, mm-hmm. they're, they, they're behind a screen at the earliest, the age of three. Mm-hmm. My, my youngest cousin's like three or four and he's yeah. like always online. Like he, he's in karate class, but <sighs> I just see him on the screen a lot. And that's why I think it's a waste of, there's better, there's better ways to spend your time. Yeah. Okay. I think, again, this is just one of those things where it's a difference of experiences, difference of how we were brought up, raised, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because I also, I al- always saw a video game as a way of like connecting with people. Um, you know, it was like the first few or like the few times that me and my sister could gather around like we didn't when we first moved to Canada we weren't like the closest people out there but like we pulled out a video game and we play with each other and it was like a fun time it was just a great way to socialize to connect with them things like that and it grew more and more like Stephanie my eldest she um she got interested in coding and blogging because of Neopets yeah Neopets yeah I play Neopets and now she's like a pretty well-known blogger yeah. and she knows how to code yeah. same with michelle she's she was always into video video games mm-hmm. and now she's in computer science yeah. and i i was always interested in video games but more in a shallow level i just wanted to win right. so like mario kart was my jam i learned how to drive through mario kart and yeah. that's probably why my parents think like i'm a road rager but like it's i feel like there's so many benefits to video games that it's just how you experienced it and how you kind of perceive it. Yeah. Maybe because I started playing it when I was a bit older, like 8 to 12 to 14, right. things like that. That might have changed the perspective because at that age, I'm like, eh, I'm just doing this for fun. Like, I know there's other things out there. Yeah. I've already experienced those other things. Yeah. I'm just choosing to do this. Yeah. Um, see, and that's a very good point. Because you were old enough to realize that you had other hobbies and it's other ways to spend your time. Whereas for me, I got hooked on so early that for the most part, I was so immersed, immersed in like the the, the online world. Mm -hmm. And um, do I blame maybe my some degree of ADD on it? Maybe. I don't know. I just felt like I I didn't really know how to spend my time as a kid. I just went online. If that that makes makes sense. sense. Um... And, and that's my problem. I think a lot of, 
you know, there's extremes in every hobby or interests. Yep. Like there's extreme fishers. There's extreme people who garden. There's extreme people who um, are bodybuilders. And there's like there's such, such a spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, but within the gaming community itself, I think it's, again, it's a very, it's a niche. Mm-hmm. And I don't really, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I met really great people who are like gamers. Yeah. And, and people have productive lives and, like, have a career. But, like, I've also seen people who kind of just loafed yeah. in their yeah. life. And, like, I'm so sorry to say it, but, like, literally it's a loafed. Like, they're loafs. Yeah. Like, they don't, they don't have any interests outside. Um, they, they lack the social skills. Ironically, they lack mm-hmm. the social skills yeah. to communicate and make friends. So they have to be gaming all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, and I'm very biased because I know too many people and I don't want to call people out who are like that. And, like, I think not from, like, a dating standpoint, but yep. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, these dude, I don't want to call these people out. I feel horrible saying this, but, like, it's this is what I see. Like, a lot of men who play games and, like, they're in that little hub yep. of just sausage fest mm-hmm. um they're like yeah i don't know how to talk to a woman i can't get a girlfriend i can't you know what i mean yeah and i'm just like um you know uh why is it these people are aggregated together yeah yeah um and why is it that you 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 can't get a girlfriend maybe it's because you can't talk to women because mm-hmm. you don't know how to hold a conversation in real life yeah Maybe that's why. And their self-esteem is on an exter- an online persona. They have no self-identity or self-esteem, mm-hmm. I guess. That's an overstatement, I understand. But that's what I feel is happening. Okay. For me, personally, I don't find... Nothing is inherently good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right? So the same case with video games. It's whatever this these people make of, of it. Yeah. So if they see it as a way to cope as a way to escape life then escape could work yeah so i know then that could become a problem because it becomes an obsession of some sort yeah and that's where someone you know they might need help yeah kind of thing and i think in terms of the dsm mm-hmm. i think gaming is the dsm is uh, the, the diagnostic the statistical st- manual ma- for that manual for something I think psychiatric manual. disorders something like that whatever I should know that. I definitely should know that. I'm blanking I mean, hard right now. <laughs> I feel like I should know more than you, you but like, you took, like I just know DSM, like the, the DSM, what the DSM five. Yeah, the most stands for. Um, I think like I think gaming. Some there's a subcategory for gaming now because like people yeah. are dropping dead in Japan. Yeah. Um, so that's my stance on that. I guess. Yeah, I think yes, there should be a. I don't want to say control, but I guess, yeah, a filter a control of. Yeah. Maybe limiting your child to play video games like an hour every couple of days, let's say. Yeah. And I know it's becoming more and more of a thing. Like here, they're crying. Give them a TV show. Give them a game in front of them to shut them up. That's becoming more um, prevalent. Yeah. But I think there are solutions that could happen. There's other methods that may work. And this becomes a problem bigger than video games. Yeah. It becomes a problem of parents not having enough time mm-hmm. to take care of their children for whatever reason. Yeah. It becomes a problem of 
men maybe not knowing how to cope with their emotions and using video games as a way to escape slash not face reality. Oh my God. So video games, that's why I say video games is beneficial because it's not inherently bad. Bad. And like if you sub, and this is the thing, like I I, I feel like I I hate when I shit on gamers, but like if you replace gaming with something else, yep, same like thing. there's other ways you, of escapism, I guess. Yeah. There's other forms of that, um, and, you know. Uh, so we're not picking on gamers specifically, but that's just one example. And, yeah, um, it seems to be the more common, controversial yeah. topic. Yeah. And I think this is a good point to take a hydration break, Josephine, because yep. we're getting to that midway point. So um, thank you guys for tuning in again, and we'll see you in like maybe five seconds. Okay, be back soon. Hello, this is Christine speaking. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to today's episode and listening to our podcast. Just a quick reminder to leave us a comment, thumbs up, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Shit, this is not a YouTube channel. Never mind, you know what you need to do. Okay, bye. And we're back. Thank you for your patience. Um, I think it's my turn to choose the question. Maybe. Yep, proceed. Okay. So this one is going to be a fun one. I think you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's what do women really want in a partner? Oh, I God. think we both can speak on this. Because we're both and women. We're both women. Yes. And it's not, um, sorry, women identifying. Yes. Sorry. Um, and it's not a debate debate because... I think it's just like a little statement here. Yeah. And, but I feel like maybe some things we'll be a little... Mm-hmm. We'll have our differences on, like yeah. certain qualities or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I think it just might be fun to... Yeah, I think it's a good, like, and this can be a little bit of an advice segment if there's any men or men-identifying people. Male identifying. Oh, God, I'm so bad at these things. I'm so sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Female and male-identifying. We just started off with women and men. Sorry, yes. Um, uh, Do you want to go ahead, Josephine? Um, Sure. What do you, uh, what are you looking for? What am I looking for in a partner? As a female-identifying individual. I just want to be loved. I think that's it. Oh, preach. Right? Like, bottom line, you just want to feel loved. <laughs> I want to be loved. But I think um, what goes with that is the basic trust, um, communication. But yeah. I guess more in depth, which I think can be a little more controversial, yeah. is someone who's able to talk. And I know this sounds really like, oh, what if they're shy? What if they're this and that? But Fuck I just that. mean like talk like have and a hold conversation. a conversation that's Please it at minimum yeah and yes. like it's such a turn on for me to be able to see them talk to like <laughs> our waitress or a waiter and be like like having like connecting and i'm like oh like this wow this, this bitch talk. actks yeah, yeah it just I makes know. me feel so much better yeah so yeah that's like one of my <sighs> biggest indicator of like green green sign a green, a green flag. A green flag, yeah. That's a like, green for go. Yes. Mm. Go indeed. Go and spread your leg. I'm <laughs> kidding. You ain't that type of person, I guess. I wish. I wish. We all wish. Um, yeah, so uh, to summarize what you said, you said um, the communication, 
trust is and then just uh, the ability to communicate but yeah. not with you, you but just talk yeah and hold a conversation yeah we can go back and forth with yeah. like equality each or something yeah. uh, so a personality i guess in mm-hmm. a way because uh, uh, like a uh, charisma is that the word we're looking for maybe no charisma is different charisma is too i feel like too strong too strong like, okay I, yeah. that, that, that's like that's like high expectation <laughs> Just yeah. talk. You don't to have to a stage. <laughs> to uh, 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 hold the tension in a room. To make all the ladies turn their head. <laughs> no, no, I'm a jealous person. I can't do that. I know you. That's a whole Sorry. other segment. Jealousy issues in dating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just to be able to hold a conversation. Um, I get like awkward silences, awkward conversation. I totally understand. But just that willingness to be like, hey, how, how's your day? Yeah. And respond well. And mm-hmm. I mean, to a stranger, that's not me asking. Yeah. I agree. What about you? Any, like, controversial, like, something that people might not expect? <sighs> yeah, because, like, I, I, don't, I don't know where to begin, so I'm just going to begin. Okay. Um, so, like you said, I think the ability to communicate is very important. Yeah. Um, and with, with like a subset of communication is articulating your thoughts mm-hmm. and willingness to be vulnerable and talk about uh, mm-hmm. what's bothering you, what you're insecure about, uh, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and like depending on men or women, it's like two different universes. But um, starting with men, and I think men sometimes, they're unwilling. I don't think, I don't think every guy lacks the ability to articulate what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of um, their willingness to articulate and mm-hmm. deep digger, a uh, deep digger, <laughs> deep, a uh, deeper into what's bothering them. Yeah. And like, just in general, the effort mm-hmm. and the reciprocation of effort. Okay. I think women, it's like, um, yeah, you, you want to talk about it for the most part. You want to, you're vulnerable. You're like, yeah, this is bothering, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think women are naturally more articulate with, with their feelings. Mm-hmm. Whereas for men, I think sometimes they use the excuse of like, oh, I'm a guy. I don't want to talk about my feelings. Like yeah. That's a, that's an overstatement. But like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That tends to be the case. Mm-hmm. And then naturally, they're bad communicators because they're not opening up. Yeah. Um, so communication is important. Um, trust is important, I think. Um, kind of just uh, to avoid things like jealousy, to avoid things like suspicion. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, uh, that's important to have. And, and the, it's also the trust to put the effort in when something's going wrong. Yeah. Right? Um, um, and something that I maybe is more unique to me, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a man or a woman, it's like you need to be, you need to have a, the charisma is what I'm looking for. Okay. I, I look for someone who's very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a unique person, naturally you would have a personality. You will, you should have a strong sense of self and morals and your values and how you want to be and present in the world, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I'm very attracted to that because they, they have such like a sureness to them. Okay. They're so, f- you know, they're so strong within themselves. Yeah. That that's very attractive to me, mm-hmm. and you don't have to just you don't have to be extroverted. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be whatever overly charismatic. Yeah. But like, there's people you know who walk into a room and they're just like strong. Yeah. And that's a big turn on for me. And I think in a relationship, having that self identity for yourself, mm-hmm. walking into it, be like, this is me. This is what I have to offer. This is what I can give you. Yeah. That's just a huge turn on for me. Yeah. 
is that sort of like confidence you would say or yeah confidence in oneself I guess yeah self-confidence right yeah because like we get everyone has bad like self-confidence days mm -hmm. but just being sure Mm -hmm. being sure right yeah and like yeah and because I think I'm a little bit eccentric and someone needs to match me with my weirdness okay like there's people who are just like kind of bland characters I think Bland? No, and I mean it. Yeah. Like, oh. I've, I've, how many dates have I been on with just bland people who are not well-seasoned? <laughs> like, no paprika. No my, fucking thyme. My favorite insult is, like, if they were a spice, they'd be a flower. Yes. There you go. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. Put that on a mug. No, definitely. Right? It's just like, wow, you have no personality. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I want someone who has a personality. That's it. That's fair. Right? Yeah. I do really like what you said about the confidence part. I think for me, it's finding someone who's well grounded mm-hmm. with themselves. Grounded. Like everyone, every one of my friends who I can like trust with my life is very grounded, very just sure and confident. And I'm like, yes, that's someone I trust. And that goes with like a long term part. This is your long term yeah. partner here like you want someone who you can trust who you can truly depend on when you can't be strong per se yeah and that's like I guess my whole thing yeah because I like you want someone to be there for you as much as you want to be there for them yeah so it's a very 50 50 Mm -hmm. yeah that's sorry that leads to my next point of I just want a partner who is willing to make an effort. Yeah. Preferably more than 50%, but you know what? Yeah. I can negotiate. <laughs> we can bargain. We can bargain the on percentage. The percentage, yeah. And uh, like you said about, um, I, I think that what you're looking for is security. Yes. A lot please. of women, security is a big thing. Just and I just want to wake up and pick it I just want to wake up and know you're not cheating on me (laughs) and not get you know some kind of text from my friend saying you were at the club with another woman (laughs) you know security is a big thing and I think again um uh, that another way to say that is stability yeah um in my dating history and stuff a lot of times even within myself Mm -hmm. um uh, during the most like unstable parts of my life when I was still trying to figure out who I was and like what I liked and what I didn't like what I was going to settle for what I was not going to settle for mm-hmm. um there was no I, I felt like there's no the, the ground below me wasn't stable if that makes sense mm-hmm. I didn't feel stable within myself and I didn't have the confidence in the relationship either okay so stability is huge mm-hmm. so finding someone who's sure about themselves the self, the self, and then sure about your relationship. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know if I, w- this might be taken the wrong way. Go ahead. But I want a partner who's at my level, oh, quote, unquote. I was going to say that, but I right? didn't want to sound like an asshole. Okay. We're going to both sound like assholes. It's fine. Standards. At- standards. It's, it's okay to have standards, ladies. Yes. It's just, let's say you know, I'm starting to take care of myself more, mm-hmm. taking care of my body more, et cetera, et cetera. It's not wrong for me to want someone or like a partner who does the same, who takes care of themselves, who takes care of their body. Like that's just a given. Yeah. So I, I know this has like a really different opinions from different people. 
<laughs> but I do want someone who maybe uh, maybe the better word for it is because I think we're so focused on self-improvement, self-awareness that we also want someone and a partner who's that self-aware, who realizes their own qualms and what they could work on yeah. and be able to make that change within yeah. themselves. So I think we more than that, we want people who actually take action. Yes. That's another thing that I really look for. People who say and do what they or do what they want to say or do what they say. Do what they say. Follow through. The follow oh, through. Fo- the follow up. The follow through follow up. Yes. That, that's um, it. That's all I want. Yeah. So another layer to the whole self confidence is self awareness. Yes. Like, that you touched upon. Yep. And um uh, sometimes you are self-aware, but you don't take action. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who are like that. I catch myself doing that a lot too. Yes. So I got to hold myself accountable sometimes. It's like, I know what I need to do. I know what's going on in my brain, but I got to do it. You know what I mean? I, I totally get that. Um, but what's I saying? Um, with regards to what you said about having meeting meeting your standards, you're getting on your level, mm-hmm. I fully agree. Because someone needs to be... There, I'm a firm believer there cannot be a discrepancy. Uh-huh. That's that big. And like career-wise, it's fine. Let's say you're here, but he's there. That's okay. But he has to make it up. He has to compensate somehow to get on your level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, whether it's like he has a really good, um, I was going to say broad shoulders, but it's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he, he has other skills and stuff that make up for, you know, the discrepancy and let's yeah. say career income. Okay. You know, because I feel like if there's too much of a disparity, you're going to feel like you're better than him. And you know, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. My mom and my parent, oh, my dad too, gave me the best advice of, um, yeah, you need to date someone who's at your level and not just an edu- education because my parents are Asian, so they're very firm about education in general. Yeah. But like, they're like, you need to be at level. If not, you need to be the smarter woman in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be just a touch smarter than the guy. Or else you're he's gonna like bully you, okay. Or like he's uh, he, they're they're very traditional. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. But like, um, but then my mom, that's what my dad usually tells me that mm-hmm. I need to be better than the guy. My mom usually tells me you need to be less than the guy. Yeah. Because my mom always says if you feel like you're too dominant or you're too strong, you're too educated, you make too much money compared to the guy, you're gonna get bored of the guy. Mm-hmm. Those are two very good advice, and that. People don't like hearing that because it's, it's true. harsh, but it's I'm so sorry, true. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. And that's how I think resentment starts. Yes. Um, with men. And, okay, I'm just going to take income as a yeah. um, example. And I'm not going to say every every guy feels this way. But I assume if with my ego and if I was a man, I would probably feel the same way. Like if my wife made more money than I. And I was a dude mm-hmm. who's maybe not as self-aware and not, um, you know, uh, th- who hasn't come to terms with that yet mm-hmm. and doesn't know his value in the relationship and his self-worth and, like, confidence, that I, th- I can see how that's a really big problem. Yeah. And, again, resentment kind of manifests in other ways, mm-hmm. right? So bitterness. Yeah, I think resentment is a great word for it because mm-hmm. everyone's familiar with the feeling of resentment, mm-hmm. and that's a really good way of putting it, yeah. I find. Um, yeah, for me, I... There's always, well, me always just saying, I want someone who's rich. I want to marry rich. I want to do this and that. Or like, I, I just want to be the trophy wife. That's like my... You can't be a trophy wife. That's my goal, you don't to have be a, you don't a have, trophy wife. 
You don't have the personality to be a trophy wife. What? I'm a socialite. I can totally. Uh, no, I'm, yes, I can see you <laughs> mingling in tea time and going to high tea. Yes. But I'm saying, you, yeah. are, you, you are a go-getter. You're not the type of person no, to be sidelined. I know. So that's why I always say these things. But like, in reality, I know that's not, that's not reality. No. You know, like there's, relationships are already so difficult on their own. And then you start adding factors. You start adding like he's a CEO and you're whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. or you're a CEO and he's a whatever, whatever. And then you have parents, you have culture, you have gender norms, you have how you were raised. That's a huge mm-hmm. thing. So like, let's say this person, the CEO, mm-hmm. guy or girl, was raised in a more wealthy family that got them the connection mm-hmm. to build a career, mm-hmm. and you started from the bottom. That's going to be different. That's going to affect your relationship. So I think it's always, I hate saying that, but it's true. But I would prefer, I, I think I've always, I've said this more in the past, that I want someone who, who's self-made. Yeah. Because my dad was a very self-made man. My mom too, like very self-made. They both their families are. Yeah. Yeah. So like. You know, started from the bottom, now they're here. Yeah. And it's just it's just that that drive mm-hmm. that you can't mm, find in other Okay, no no. Let me let me backtrack for a second. Let's just say it's that drive that makes it so attractive, that makes it so easy to feel like you can depend on them. The security? Yes. To feel like they are trustworthy and you know that they are going to be your partner yeah that's all and and are willing to put the effort in because they can put the effort in exactly yeah i fully agree so self-made because i i like personally i don't think i'm very self-made i'm not a self-made woman you think you're privileged yes oh yeah i and i i do a privilege check every once in a while (laughs) because because we grew up here yeah. Our parents brought us here. We were put in a good school. We were given the right tools. We were, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we lacked a few things like knowledge gaps that mm-hmm. some people may have. Mm-hmm. But I think we have more than what our parents had. 100%. So that definitely makes me feel way more privileged. Mm-hmm. So I understand I can't be like, oh, yeah, I started from, like, the middle, but I want a man who, like, is you start from the bottom and mm-hmm. now he's at the top kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's, what, what do you, what, what's that thing that you always say? Huh? It's all relative. It's all relative. It's all relative. Yeah. And I, that just, to me, you know, self-made man, you know, aside, I think you just want a very secure person. Yeah, bottom and, line. And you need a provider. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, so a cell phone so provider. So if you are <laughs> if you are a man between the age of 25 and 30, oh, yeah. 32, single, I can go a little higher. It just means going to bump it to 32. You got nice broad shoulders, a kind of a V cut going down, <laughs> beautiful quads and uh, you know, have a personality. If you have Captain America's booty. Yes. You know, you know please reach out to the Biotonal podcast. Yes, and let's make dating. this happen. Let's hook you up with my friend Joseph B and come through. So I'm kidding. I'm the, we're not going to use our platform as a dating no, thing for you. It's a little creepy. Yeah. Um. Any other 
I'm gonna and like just to summarize and like kind of uh, kind of on the flip side of things, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I think in my experience, a lot of times what women tell me mm-hmm. is. <laughs> yes, tell me. I think I like you because you just put an effort. <laughs> And I'm like, what are the men around here doing? Yeah. I do the bare minimum. Bottom line. I just do like, you know, I just do one marginally cute thing. And they're like, oh, my heart. I'm yeah. like, don't men around you. Well, don't other people in your life, men or women, I think. Yeah. But don't, don't, haven't they been doing this for years? No. Like <laughs> being thoughtful. And I think that's why a lot of times people are overly impressed with me because I'm just more thoughtful. Yeah. And so I just know like sometimes doing the smallest thing can have the greatest return. Exactly. That's that's yeah. pretty much a great way to summarize it. Yeah. Put in the effort, yeah, y'all, men effort. or women, just effort into working on yourself, effort to mm-hmm. communicating, effort into building that trust, and effort with just talking mm-hmm. <laughs> for Josephine. That's it. Uh, that's a rabbit hole and a whole other episode yeah that is but it's, it's a good the preview tidbit of what we're gonna where we stand yeah <laughs> um josephine so okay i um, picked that question so you you pick um i guess let's go down, go down the list yeah maybe so, we can pick our last question mm-hmm. do you just want to talk about the introvert extrovert thing or do you want to talk about cheating uh, see that's a, those are two really good questions yeah so i feel like we could talk about both even though i said last question okay but we can speed through it yeah um let's go with the cheating questions because we, we were talk about on, relationship stuff. yeah um uh cheating right so our the question is uh how do you define cheating emotional physical or spiritual well wait where did spiritual come from hey spiritual cheating i've never heard with of that God. no okay. i'm kidding <laughs> my body belongs to god <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what are your lines? What are you, what's your definition of cheating? Cheating? When is it wrong? Is wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in all aspects. <laughs> okay, I think this uh, uh, cheating is a, a degree. Spectrum. A spectrum. Yes, thank you. That is the word I'm looking for. A spectrum, right? Uh, for me, personally, you know, it leads up from like us from um to from most distraughting to least distraughting distressing distressing sure <laughs> so from least distress distress distressing <laughs> to most distressing is i would say um uh, kissing and touching is the least distressing i know okay i understand and then most distressing is emotional cheating because <laughs> i cannot even with friendships, when I see them talk about other friends, I'm like, hello? Hello, I'm We used to me. do that one thing together. Okay. Well. So clearly I am distressed by emotional cheating. But in all seriousness, yes. Like, that's how... Like That's your spectrum. Yes. Every, like, all that kissing, touching, having sex with somebody else, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, that's all cheating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's no area mm-hmm. but it's how how emotion how emotional impacting it is and how um i don't want to say easy or not as easy or like easy or hard way of navigating through it because 
circumstances varies, mm-hmm. obviously, but that's how I would kind of label my spectrum. Yeah. What about you? Um, um, I am a self-identifying cheater. I've been there before. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> She's sipping her sips water. The tea. Sips, no, sips the water aggressively. Yeah. Is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I am a self. I I I have a lot of shame mm-hmm. with this. Um, a lot of shame. <laughs> so me talking about it is making me sweat. That's okay. That's okay. It's an. It's like a judgment-free zone safe here. Space. I'm a self-identified cheater. Um, I've been in the in the past. I have. Um, uh, emotionally and physically strayed. Okay. And uh, and like this is not in like not in like a long term committed relationship. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of like either in, in like a semi date. I've never really dated. You know this. Like, yeah. I've never yeah. been dating. Like I've never identified as a dater. Yeah. You're either committed or not. Yeah. So, um, um, there's been times where I was physically tempted to cheat just because the access was there or like I felt like something was lacking in whatever I had going on and um but I think what hurt more or what I think was more distressful I guess was or destructive rather was the emotional cheating Mm -hmm. it's like when you start feeling like you don't have that um emotional um that what incoming of emotional um oh my god what do you call that connection connection (laughs) there you go connection um that's when it's downhill like once you lose that emotional connection or like you you, they're they're this your source of emotional like a security um it's very easy to cheat yeah and whether it's talking to another person and finding the emotional connection there or physically cheating on the person Mm -hmm. um and I think it just comes down to self-control. I think with me, I have like zero self-control. I, I probably would have failed the marshmallow test <laughs> very early on. And that's just not, and like I, in, in my young young self, cause I'm making this seem like as if it's like now, mm-hmm. but like in my yeah. young self, a lot of it was just, the, the I, I liked that power I had mm-hmm. and my potential to be destructive because mm-hmm. I found that poetic and it fueled my artisticism. Fair. And um, and, I, and also a lot of us, I think I was just lost. Yeah. I didn't know what I want and what I needed. Yeah. And I was trying to find it elsewhere. That's fair. You brought up a really good point, though, early on. Um, intent. Mm-hmm. Intent to cheat. Is that still cheating? Mm-hmm. Let's say you go home. Your mm-hmm. partner tells you, I nearly kissed someone today. I wanted to, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Is that cheating? No. No. I don't think that's cheating either. Yeah. And I think, and that's the thing, Rex. I do believe there are like psychopaths uh, or serial cheaters. Mm-hmm. There's people who do things who don't know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Or like they don't, they don't have that um, conscience, like the kind of devil's, devil on their shoulder and the angel on their shoulder to tell them, this is going to be wrong. You're going to regret this later. Yeah. I think most people know going into it that they will, they are doing something wrong. Yeah. But it's a matter of like the intention, right? Like what are you trying to do by doing this? Like, do, yeah. you, do you understand the repercussions of this? Yeah. To me, action speaks louder than words. Okay. So the fact that they... Had that self-control to Mm. not Mm -hmm. cheat. I wouldn't consider cheating. Yes, that means, like, there'll there'll be things to talk about. But Mm. 
the act didn't happen. Whereas, you know, a lot of excuses I hear is it was the heat of the moment. I hate that. It wasn't. I'm sure there was a burning flame. Yeah, there was. I'm sure there was like a few minutes of something going on there that you could think through. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it just comes down, I think, and speaking from my perspective, it was kind of like, where do I, what's what's the balance here? Mm -hmm. Do I value my self-interest, myself, what I want more than what I have with the Mm. other person and their feelings, our relationship? And you you got literally picked between you, the relationship slash them. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess I don't like them that much. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> I, I sound like a horrible... Like, I, I'm not a serial cheater. I think I did it like once or twice. Yeah. It's all in the past. Yeah. It's all relative. <laughs> Put that on the mug. Okay. Good. I think that finishes that yeah. topic. And the last one is, who are more likely to be successful, introverts or extroverts? Okay, pick a stance. Uh, my stance is extroverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great area, but extroverts. Okay, proceed. Um, it's, I don't want to, I have never read any science or, you know, statistics. data, whatever, statistics behind it. But I have heard, you know, back then, um, oh. extroverts thrived because they were more, I think I also learned this in, psych class with Dr. Day, um, they were more willing to go outside of the country and travel. They were they were more courageous enough to um, explore the world, yeah. things like that. And that was deemed successful. I guess this also like brings in the question of what you consider successful. Success. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking here just like uh, promotion, okay. career-wise, okay. you know, that's that's kind of my yeah. definition of it. And I do think extroverts um, are more successful because they can navigate through mm. the social aspects of mm. um, uh, a workplace environment and knowing every workplace environment is different, mm. but being social is so, so important. important. It's critical. Yeah. I, am, I do admit, like, I'm not the most intelligent person. But the fact that I could navigate my, like, workplace and being the life of the party mm-hmm. and just, like, being able to talk to people and make small talks and just converse, mm-hmm. that made me so many conne- connections yeah. with my coworkers, with everyone. So I think it'll be, I don't want to, yeah, so that's my stance. Yeah, so Go the on. kind of the willing to navigate mm-hmm. the world, period, yes. I think is um, the external world. Rather. Yeah. Is important to personal growth and career growth and success, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, before you walked into my house today, I was mm-hmm. watching a YouTube video about that literal topic. <gasps> it's it literally I, it came on my my feed, and I just listened to it. Mm-hmm. So the the video was titled um, uh, "Why Introverts Are More Successful." Oh, <laughs> so my stance yes, is me. introverts are more successful. Okay, tell me. I think. Um, it's arguable that an extroverted leader is more successful than an introverted leader. I, th- okay. I think that's the foundation of the video yeah. about leadership. Um, but I think, and I kind of see this too, 
a, a lot of doctors and stuff, they're actually more introverted. Uh-huh. If they were, if you were to score Myers Briggs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as an introvert, you're more willing to listen. So let's say like, let's just picking between like a manager who's introverted versus a manager who's extroverted. The introverted manager, they're 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 more of listeners. Mm-hmm. They're very observant. Mm-hmm. Is what I would assume, and they generally have that like internal um awareness which means they're aware of other people's internal environment as well yep and a lot of that part of being a leader is you need to be yes lead make big decisions Mm -hmm. make the calls but a lot of it is kind of like helping your employees grow yeah in your business and that in return will improve your business if that makes sense yeah and uh that's just like to summarize i guess that's kind of just like the ability to uh, nurture mm-hmm. and tutor and teach is a big part of it. Um, introverts, I think, are a little bit more calculative mm-hmm. about what they do. Um, they don't really make rash decisions. Um, not to say extroverts are like we're we're using extrovert extroversion and like introversion in a very generalized way. Yeah, the true definition is not that. The true mm-hmm. definition is like basically I think how you recharge or how you yeah. prefer to spend your time, right? Basically. Um, but like I think with introverts, they're they're a bit more um, rational mm-hmm. and that whatever in a business world is the more correct way to lead I think and be successful rather than uh-huh. yeah and I think I would assume if you if you want to talk about like back then with the cavemen I assume the extroverted cavemen is the one who just charged right at the lion yeah whereas the introverted one was like hey I want to watch this little idiot <laughs> charge into the lion and then yeah. learn from this experience yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I do agree with that. I think every career is different. Yeah. Um, it depends. Yeah, it really, really depends. Like, I do agree, like, the doctors, yes. Like, yeah, I imagine a scenario. Um, have you watched Scrubs, the TV show? No, I haven't heard oh, about it. It's, it's good. It's hilarious. Yeah. If you have a doctor who just spends all their time, like, talking to patients, um, maybe in a more, like, yes, it's, it's great to have that. Um, emotional slash personal connection with the patients but if that's like all you talk about Mm -hmm. and not getting like medical histories and actual relevant stuff to the problem I can see how that can cause an issue Um, so I do agree with certain aspects in that sense Um, I think maybe because I'm just surrounded by like being in a workplace and having friends in workplaces that are more political mm-hmm. that you need to know how to play the game and navigate yeah. yes it's it's where extroversion really shines yeah it's true the fact that you make the effort to go to these office parties yeah the fact that you like play your cards right and you remember people's names exactly yeah. it's so important <laughs> so like that's why i find workplace environment is all yeah different and some personalities will thrive more than others exactly. and it also depends on the co-workers yeah if you have if you're of extroverted co-workers mm-hmm. it might make sense for you to like be to join that kind of crowd but if they're all introverts and you're the one like loud ass person mm-hmm. <laughs> then that might not be taken so well yeah. so yeah you're right so end of the day depends uh, mm-hmm. where you where you plan to be successful at yes yeah. right and that's why naturally there's so many different careers exactly and certain personalities gravitate towards certain careers mm-hmm. that's true um i was talking you're to right. my friend Uma recently, my friend Uma, she's in, hi Uma, if you're listening to this, she, she's in, uh, she, she graduated from Rotman, 
the business school at U of mm. T. Mm-hmm. And she says, and she works at um, this like, you know, big four firm right now. Yeah. And uh, it's like one of those things where it's like networking is huge. Like yeah. every event you have is just literally networking. And I would assume that if she wasn't outgoing enough or she's not extroverted enough to a degree that, you know, it's kind of like a disadvantage mm-hmm. in business at least. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like you said, like we said, there's so many factors and variants to this that you shouldn't force yourself to do things, be things that, you know, that might not align with your values. Yeah. Like work with your strengths. Exactly. Work with your strengths and just be adaptable if you have to step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, and what you prefer. Yeah. yeah. And don't see it as a bad thing. See it as no. a new experience yeah and i think a lot of times what an ex- whatever extrovert introvert what each each of them lack the mm-hmm. other one has you yeah. know what i mean so it's kind of a fine balance between the two one's not necessarily better than the other exactly yeah so that, that's, a, that's a pretty good um gentle debate yeah um, we did there just like kill each other i'm so shocked yeah uh, there were times no i i, I think it's pretty it wasn't hostile no. i like this so uh call to action do you want our call to action, if any of these topics had interested you and if you had any opinions on them, please do reach out to us on any of our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and or you can email us. Mm-hmm. It's, we're bitonalpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So if you have any opinions and maybe want to discuss more about our opinions, mm-hmm. um, you can reach us there. Maybe it's easier over email, Probably. but, you know, you do you, boo. And um, again, like we're, we have our opinions, but I think both Josephine and I are very willing to learn mm-hmm. and educate ourselves. And yes. if, you, if you have a counterpoint and would like to kind of be like, yeah, what you said was completely bullshit and you're an idiot. Yes, please call us out. Yeah. Um, the reason why I started this podcast is so people can call us out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we hope you guys... Um, enjoyed this segment and if it's successful and you, you like it we'll do more of these in the future yeah if not we'll stop yeah, if you have any more like questions or yeah. controversy controversy controversial con- controversies 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 that you uh want us to talk about maybe yeah let us know let us know we can have a good heated i mean Gentle debate. Gentle gentle debate. (laughs) Hashtag gentle debate. Let's get that trend. Yes. Okay, so on behalf of Josephine and I, thank you. I'm Odd. And I'm Rags. And we play roller derby together. Yeah, we do. But we also host this kick-ass podcast called Frau Pow Podcast. Hiya! So Frau Pau is a podcast that focuses on those really uncomfortable conversations. Like racism. And sexism. And mental health. And physical health. And basically anything that is going to become a really interesting conversation. Anything that kind of like pisses your dad off. The one that voted for Trump. That's what we want to talk about. You can find us on Instagram at Frau Pau Podcast. We're also on Facebook at Frau Pell Podcast, but not Twitter because Twitter's for old white men. We hope you guys check us out. As we always say, don't, don't be a dick. dick.